But in Luke chapter 12, uh, let's begin to read in verse 13. And the Bible says, And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. If you don't get anything else today, you remember that. You remember that your life does not consist of what you have. It's not made up of things and uh, I like things, I like possessions, I like to have them. Uh, but our life does not consist of that. In verse 16, And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do, I will pull down my barns and build greater and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, So thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself, and is not rich toward God. You can be seated. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for all you've done for us. Thank you for the unseen hand. Lord, we thank you for the times that you've traveled with us and we might not have realized it. The times you have blessed us beyond what we could even imagine. And Lord, was undeserving. But we ask now for a little while. We pray that you'd help during the preaching hour. Uh, Lord, this would not have been the message that I would have chose for this morning. But I really believe this is the message what you've chose. And God, I pray that you'd help while we stand to preach. I pray you'd anoint us afresh. And Lord, help us in body and help us in mind and in spirit. Lord, if there's one lost, they'd come and get saved. Maybe somebody that is just banking on their possessions, looking more for possessions and stuff and things than they are in serving you. And God, I pray you'd help their heart this morning to get right. I ask now for the one that needs encouragement, I pray it be found in you and that you'd touch while we might preach and save that sinner to nearest hell for all these things in Jesus' name. We do ask and pray, amen and amen. Uh, the Bible at the end of this passage uh, calls him a fool. A fool is one that is destitute of reason. Uh, somebody that is deficient of intellect. Somebody that has not learned nor can learn sometimes. Uh, you might say we would call them a fool or the scripture would. Uh, in scripture a fool is referred to somebody that is sometimes that it is depraved or wicked uh, but also one that might be a weak, weak Christian. How do you figure that? In Luke chapter 24, when Jesus is on the road at, uh, to Emmaus with those two disciples over there, you know what he said to them? He said, O fools, uh, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. 
Uh, can I say this morning that when me and you uh, don't believe the Word of God, we could be accounted uh, a fool. Uh, but it refers to a weak Christian, one with much sin uh, or with unbelief. I believe it is in the book of Psalms that the Bible says that a fool hath said in his heart that there is no God. You realize that word is spoken 108 times in 104 verses in your Bible. And to be honest with you, I don't want to be a fool. I believe a fool is one that rejects Jesus when he's offered him and sees that they're in their sin, but yet they need to get saved, but yet they reject that is a fool this morning. Oh, why would you not want to get saved? Why would you not want to trust Jesus Christ uh, uh, to come in your heart and change your life? Uh, uh, and just as Miss Heather sung uh, about the unseen hand, I have somebody uh, uh, travel every step that you make uh, and make life worth living uh, this morning. Can I, tell, can I ask you a question? Don't you think life is worth living today because of Jesus? I think it is. I think life is very well worth living. Even of all the things we endure, all the things that we might go through for Christ's sake, but he has made this life worth living and worth enduring and going through for him. And He's made everything worth it today. I'm glad serving him is worth it. But we find this fool right here. Notice what happens. What brings us to this place here? We uh, find that uh, that we find a man who uh, comes to Jesus and wants his brother to divide the inheritance with him. He wanted uh, uh, what really uh, was probably not his to have just yet. Uh, that would be like me being like the prodigal in Luke 15. Uh, uh, going to my dad and saying, Dad, give me uh, what's going to be mine. Now here's, here's a funny thing, I'll tell you this, my grandmother, before she passed away, my mother's mother, you could go through her house and pick up stuff sitting on tables uh, uh, and she took paper tape uh, and on the bottom of them she wrote somebody's name uh, on the bottom of them and that was yours when she died. She'd already divided it up in her mind of who was going to get it. I ain't kidding you. You could just go through and if there's a little knickknack on the table, you pick it up, flip it up and your name might be on the bottom of it. That's a way to do it, ain't it? Amen. You don't have to worry about stuff. Uh, but listen, uh, he said, I want you to divide. I want you to be a judge uh, and tell my brother to divide uh, our inheritance. I want uh, what's coming to me. That's the problem folks got today. They want, don't they? They want. They want stuff. They want possessions. They want to keep up uh, with their neighbor. They want to keep up with people that they work with. Uh, uh, they got to have, hey, now listen, I like stuff. I like to have it. I, I, I know there's certain stuff we have to have to live uh, uh, in this life. But when you realize you don't have to have the newest, uh, you don't have to have the most expensive, uh, it'll help your life uh, and help your heart. Amen. So Jesus asked him, he says, man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? What is it my place to make this decision, Jesus said? But then he said this, he said, Take heed and beware of what? Covetousness. Covetousness. He said, You beware of that. To covet means to desire or wish for. 
uh, with the desire to obtain. And that's in a good sense. You know, the Bible does say, uh, uh, what was it that the Apostle Paul said over there? Uh, He said, covet earnestly the best gifts. Uh, He said, I covet your prayers. Uh, he He wanted people to pray for him. Can I tell you when I say uh, on Wednesday night, pray for your pastor and his wife, I covet your prayers. I desire and want you to pray for me and my wife. I desire that. I want that. I want you to pray for me because I know that uh, it will help me uh, 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 to do my job. It will undergird me and strengthen me. And I'll be honest with you, church, I really try to pray for y'all. And so I think we need to pray for one for another. But notice, he said right here, he said that what? That to take heed and beware of covetousness. But covetousness here uh, uh, is the desire of that which is unlawful uh, and in a bad sense. And so we look that, first of all, he's dealing uh, with possessions. He said the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. Now, let me go ahead and say this. There's nothing wrong with being rich, but it's when you're not rich toward God, that's the problem. A poor rich has nothing to do with serving God. You go back to the book of Leviticus, and God help us tonight, we'll see some of this. But but he said not to honor the poor or honor the rich in judgment. It don't matter whether they're poor or rich. He said you just do what's right. And it don't matter whether you got money or got stuff or don't have stuff, serve God. Amen? Ain't that well, preacher? If we had all this stuff, we could serve Him better. Could we? And would we? That's the thing that I look at a lot of times is uh, what's hindering me from serving the Lord. Uh, uh, and sometimes it's just their stuff in the way. But He said, A man's life consisteth not of the abundance of the things which he possesseth. So possessions, uh, uh, listen, he talks about coveting, uh, uh, wanting to have something. Joshua 7, he said, And when I saw, now talking about Achan, uh, among the spoils of goodly Babylonian garment, and 200 shekels of silver, and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weighed, uh, he said, Then I coveted them, uh, and took them, and behold, they're hid in the earth in the midst of my tent, and the silver under it. He said, I coveted what I saw, and I took it, even though you said not to do it. God had done told them, don't take that stuff. But he said, when I saw it, I wanted it. Some people today are in such a disarray in their finances, uh, their banking account is withdrawn uh, uh, because they just coveted, uh, they wanted, uh, they had to have, uh, uh, and they couldn't say no. Say, preacher, you're fixing the metal. I don't care. (laughs) Y'all think I care, don't you? Y'all think I care about, I do care about your, I do care. Let me, let me put it to you like this. I don't care that you think I'm about to meddle, but I do care about your finances. Because I've seen a lot of people get ruined because their finances got turned upside down. Because they couldn't say no. Uh, uh, they, you know, you get a credit card. Uh, I, I'm not against credit cards. I'm against spending not paying. That's what I'm against. I mean, you make that bill, you might as well just get ready to pay it. And let me say this, there is a problem with the credit card. I don't know how we got here, but it's going to be good uh, uh, that when you're just swapping it, scanning it, uh, beeping it, or whatever you're doing, you never see that money leaving. 
You never see it leaving. You're not sitting there counting it out and knowing that it's leaving. You've got to be careful with that stuff. don't know how we got there, but it's good. But notice what he said. Joshua uh, Aiken said this. Uh, he said, I saw them uh, uh, and I coveted them. He's talking about having stuff. The man right here in the text verse, uh, uh, he was covetousness. How do you figure that? He didn't have time uh, uh, for the Lord because of the stuff uh, uh, that he wanted. Nowhere was God uh, uh, considered uh, uh, in any of this stuff. Where does God fit into your life? Where does God fit into your bank account? Where does God uh, fit into your possessions? Where does God uh, fit into your home? Where does He fit in to your job? We got people today that's just working themselves silly, working themselves sick, uh, uh, and working themselves with no sleep uh, uh, just to have. Just to have. Uh, but yet they've never considered God in none of it. Um, are you doing okay? Okay. I mean, there's a lot of people just want, they want play pretty boats for. I ain't against none of that stuff. You can have the finest car in the world. Go buy it if you got the money and can still serve God. Help yourself. But it's just a possession, man. It's, just, it's something that is eventually going to wear out and it's going to burn up when Jesus comes. The book of Peter, and I'm getting ahead of myself over here, but the book of Peter tells us over here uh, when he talks about that the earth, uh, uh, that what is it, the elements are going to melt with fervent heat and the earth and heaven's going to be on fire. And he said, then seeing all this is going to burn up. He said, then what we ought to be in all holy conversation and godliness. That's what's going to be left at the end of all of it. What we were. But money and possessions keep people from God. The book of 1 Timothy uh, chapter 6, Paul gives us an admonition, a, a warning over here in 1 Timothy 6. In verse 6, he said, But godliness with contentment is great gain. We, we have lost the ability to be content anymore. Godliness with contentment. Living, living for God, like God, being the Christian that we ought to be and then be content with the situation at hand with what we have. I, I listen, he said, Godliness with contentment is great gain for we brought nothing into this world and he's certain we can carry nothing out. And then notice what he said in verse 8, And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. Food and raiment. He said, you got clothes on your back and food in your belly. You ought to be content. Man, that's a big old statement right there. You say, well, things, no, people had homes back then. People had possessions back then. People had great wealth back then and desired to have stuff. But Paul right here, he said, look, if you've just eaten and you've got some clothes on your back, you ought to be content. As I was thinking about this message on the way out here, I remember what my dad told me one time uh, when, when, when he was in the Navy and him and Mama had left here. You know, they rode up here in just Sweetwater, you know. And they had left and he was stationed in Millington, which is next to Memphis. And, 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 and he, said, he said, when we left Memphis to go to Florida, he said, we loaded everything we owned in a car and drove from Memphis to Florida. Now let me ask you something this morning. Can you load everything you own in a car? I couldn't even have loaded everything when me and Kelly got married at 19 years old. I still couldn't have done that. We had more stuff then than my mom and dad did when they were leaving Memphis going to Florida. Put it in a car. Think about that for just a second. 
didn't have much, did they? Didn't own much. But life was pretty good. We got, we, got, we got more than what we know to do with. You know, the Bible talks about over in the book of Proverbs, over there when it talks about a rich man, it says, says that his wealth will keep him from sleeping because he's just worried about it. We come on down. He said, having food and raiment, verse 8. Now look in verse 9. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil. A lot of people quote that wrong. They say for money is the root. No, it ain't money. Money ain't the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. While, while some, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. You ever watch somebody try to chase the dollar? They'll quit church. They'll quit serving God just to chase the dollar. Well, preacher, I have overextended myself and I need, I got to get this paid. I understand, but listen, I don't change your responsibility to God. They don't. If I mess it up and get myself overextended, it's not God's fault. <laughs> Boy, ain't this good this morning. <laughs> he said, what's going to happen? He said, they've erred from the faith. I almost think he's also talking about some safe folk right here. They pierce themselves through with many sorrows. But preacher, money's supposed to be good. No, not when you love it. He said in verse 11, But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Let me tell you a story about Brother Buster Seton. Brother Buster was, was full-time evangelist. And he's gone on to heaven now, but I've, I've, I've heard him tell this story. He, I, I remember him preaching up at Lee's years ago and uh, he told this story one time about uh, when, when he was preaching somewhere, there, there was a farmer in that church where he's preaching revival. Uh, said, preacher said, when you get done tonight, I want to meet you out at the Chick-fil-A and we'll eat supper. All right. So he, when they get done and service is over with, he goes and meets him at the Chick-fil-A and he says, we're sitting there. And, uh, and he said, the, uh, the, the man come in and, uh, and he's carrying a poke with him. It's a paper bag. And he's got a paper bag with him. Uh, and, and he comes in and, and they eat and he sets it down. He said, preacher, I want you to have this here. And, uh, and he takes it and he opens it up and he looks in it and there's $25,000 worth of cash in there. And he said, preacher, I want you to drive a car like what I drive. And I believe it was a Lincoln Town car. He said, I want you to go buy, and this back in the day when you buy one for 25000 He said, I want you to go buy one, and, uh, uh, and that way you can ride in style. And he said, all I want out of it is for you to pray for my cows. I'll pray for you cows, Paul. I'll bring you the paper poke too, amen. <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you is, you start selling out, you'd have to know Brother Buster's life. He'd sold out on serving God. And God knows how to take care of us. You see, if we, it's not what we can say. He knows what we need and how we need it and how to get it to us. It's amazing. It's amazing how God can do that. 
Don't labor to be rich. The Bible said, labor not to be rich. Cease from thine own wisdom. Will thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle toward heaven. You can have it today and gone tomorrow, friend. And that is the truth. That's the truth. So their money. He, he wanted possessions and had possessions. The ground had blessed him so well. God had blessed him so well that here he is that number two, he makes a plan for his possessions. You go through this verse and at these verses right here and it talks about I and my and uh, 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 mine and, and, and just his stuff over and over again. You know, he said, what shall I do because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. It was him, 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 wasn't it? It's all about him. He said, well, preacher, what do you think? He's got all this stuff. He's got to put it somewhere, uh, and his barns ain't great enough. And, and he's sort of about turned out, hey, I'm going to tell you right now, he should have, and I'll tell you what I think, uh, uh, he, he should have just put up what his barns could have held uh, uh, and give the rest of it away. Amen. He said, well, it's his stuff. It was. But you know, the Bible talks about to take care of the poor, to take care of the widow, to take care of the fatherless, take care of the stranger, and nowhere did he talk about that. But what he said right here is he was going to lay up what he had. Thus much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Riches have a way to make themselves wings and fly away, don't they? But he's going to lay What if his barn's caught on fire? Boy, that plan's gone, ain't it? What if somebody come and robbed him? What if somebody took over the country and took uh, all that he had? See, see, we, we think about this. Our plans sound good. If I had this money, if I had these possessions, if I could just do this and this would happen. But he never thought about God. Notice in verse 21 of the text, he said, So is he that layeth up treasure for himself, and he's not rich toward God. It was a godless plan. God wasn't in none of it. That didn't consider God. Do we consider God? We consider what the Lord thinks about our plans, about how we're going to uh, work this and get this and do that and sell out here. Hey, if we just sell out to God, I believe it'll work. Oh, you're going to have to endure hardness. We studied that in the Sunday school downstairs this morning. There's hardness to endure in your Christian life. There's battles that we have to fight. But this was a godless plan. I don't think he knew anything. You know, the world out here today, they don't understand what I'm trying to uh, preach right here this morning, but it works the same for them. It could be here today and gone tomorrow for them. The only difference between me and you is what we have is gone tomorrow. Jesus Christ will still be ever present in our lives. When Miss Heather stood up here to sing about the unseen hand and she started to talk about some things about how God had been in her life. I, 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 see, the, diff, the thing about this is I've, I've known them for years. I've, I've watched God do things in their life. 
I've watched him go through hard times. And I've watched him be there. I've watched him do it the same in your life. I've watched some of y'all, you say, Preacher, you know what I do? I, I, I'm a people watcher. So I, 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 like to see, I like to see how people are going to respond sometimes to some things. One, I just want to know, but two, it might help me. What do you mean? Might help you. Well, if you can make it through it, it'll help me realize that I can make it through it too. You say, well, don't you believe? I do believe that. But sometimes you just need to see it. Sometimes you just need to see that, man, this thing's real. Sometimes you need to have a sure, hey, that, that, that we can make it through it. I can go home, my house be laying on the ground, burnt down. I hope not, but it could be. But what's in my heart cannot be taken away. They may call me after a while and tell me the bank got robbed. No, my money's gone. It ain't much, but I do have a little bit in the bank. They can tell me it's all gone. Don't matter what's in my heart. It's still real. I don't want none of that. I just soon as just be rich toward God. Amen. Make my plans for whatever God has done for me. I, I'm going to try to bless His name I, I, and bless His work while I'm here I, with, my, with not only me, but with my possessions I, and what He's gave me to serve Him with. This plan left God out. What about your plan? Does it leave God out? Has it got God in the middle of it? Does it leave people out? This plan right here left people out. He was concerned about Himself. That is it. Wasn't concerned about his neighbor. I wasn't concerned about church full. Wasn't concerned about helping the poor, the uh, fatherless, the widows, uh, uh, the stranger. Wasn't concerned. I mean, go back and look in the Old Testament on all that stuff. What he was concerned with was he was going to get to lay up and take it easy for the rest of his life. He made a presumption. There's a lot of people today that are happy well, what they've got, but yet they're missing everything. They don't have Jesus. I, I, I'm telling you, he's, he's worth it all. I mean, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. If you're going to get to heaven, you're going to have to come by him, not by possessions. Amen. Not by stuff, I, I, not by any of those things that this world has to offer. I, I, but but he has, he's made a presumption. That is an unreasonable confidence in. People have done that in their stuff. But that's what's going to make them happy. I ain't t- again, I, I want to park right here and say this. It, it's okay to have stuff. If God has blessed you with it, that's great. Go on and serve Him with it. It's okay. You know it's okay to have stuff? It's okay. I'm not preaching against stuff. I'm preaching against stuff having you. I'm preaching against stuff having me. I don't know why it is, but it is. It seems like you you get a little bit of money in the bank and it just helps you feel secure, don't it? I'm I'm just being honest. I'm being honest. We don't have to necessarily worry about it. If a bill comes to you, how are we going to pay for it? I've been on both sides of that thing. We've got unexpected bills come in and boy, you barely making it to pay what you got now, let alone when something else unexpected shows up. 
And then, boy, you get to pray. And sometimes I think we'd do better. Help me here, Lord. Sometimes we'd do better if we didn't have so much. We'd depend on him more. But he thought more. He, he made a presumption, which is an unreasonable confidence in. He said, I'm going, to, I'm going to take many years. I'm going to take my ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Uh, and he thought he had it made with his possessions, uh, with the ease he was going to have and the amount of time that he was going to have. Because he said what? So, I, I will say to my soul in verse 19, So, Thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Just have a good time with what you got. But never considered God. So what did God say to him in verse 20? Thou fool. Thou fool. Man, he lacked reason right here and lacked God. I'm going to tell you, lost people act like this and there's some saved people out there that act the same way. Thou fool. What did he say? This night thy soul shall be required of thee. He said, you're going to die tonight? Going to die tonight. And then I liked what he said. This night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? You know, that was always Solomon's problem, wasn't it? Especially over there. Uh, was, was it in the book of Ecclesiastes? He talks about all this stuff that he worked for. And, and he's stored up and he's laid up and he's got all this stuff. And, and then he wonders if a righteous man's going to get it or an unrighteous man's going to get it. I think that way sometimes. What do you mean you think that way? I go out in my workshop and, and, and some of the tools that I have bought, my toolbox and some of the tools that I have out there, I've bought them at estate sales. I have bought them at yard sales where people have died. And, 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 I, want, and I want to live to be a ripe old age, but we always don't get our druthers. But I do wonder if my wife's going to sell everything when I leave out of here. Get a good price for it, honey. It does make me wonder who's going to get it. But we shouldn't worry about that stuff. Why? It's just stuff. It's just stuff. They'll make more and we'll buy more if the Lord will allow. But notice there was no guarantee right here in his presumption, his money, his health, his ease, his whole life that he said, I'm going to store all this up. Well, it's done tonight. He ain't even going to get to enjoy it. Never considered God. Nowhere was God in any of this stuff. Verse 21 So is he that layeth up treasure for himself, and he's not rich toward God. How rich are we toward God? What are we doing with our stuff? Does it honor God? Does it please God? Or are we going to die as a fool thinking that we've got all this stuff and we'll have a good time? There ain't nothing wrong with laying up. There's nothing. You know, I went to see Miss Joanna one day and, and she was talking about having uh, something where she'd got a little money. I can't remember, just a little bit. And she said, Preacher, I don't want to spend it. I, I, I want to lay it up for hard times. Been there. I understand that saying. You go through enough hard times, you get a little money, you'll, you'll lay it up. And I can guarantee you, her and Brother Johnny had seen some hard times over there. What 
What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with what you have? Your possessions, your time, or do they have you? You said you don't want me. I ain't telling you not to care for that stuff and not take care of it. I'm just asking you, are you more concerned about your bank account? Are you more concerned about your vehicle? Are you more concerned about your home than you are in serving Christ with it? You know, one of the things that the Bible tells me to have, uh, that's hospitality. Hospitality. Be hospitable toward people. You know how you're hospitable toward people? One, well, one, you're kind to them. But you know, there may come a time that folk just need some fellowship. That may be just asking them into your home. You may have to feed somebody. You may have to ask them into your home. He said, so is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. How, 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 how rich are we toward God? We may have great plans with what we have or with what we plan to do, but what are we planning to do for God? What do we want to do for God? What are we doing for God? You've got to remember, he is the one that saved us. He's the one that shed his blood at Calvary, gave the best that he had so that me and you could be saved. So is he that layeth up treasure. What, what is he? He's a fool. That layeth up treasure for himself and he's not rich toward God. You can go on and you can read the rest of that chapter and he talks about not taking thought for your life nor for the body. You know, it talks about look at the ravens, look at the lilies, how they take care of all that. Do you not think God will take care of you? I think He will. I, I thank God for what I have. But what are we doing with it in our service to the Lord? Let's bow our heads.